Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Arco Joker podcast. So get straight into UFC Vegas 19. Uh, I will say the UFC um, seems to be having having regular events actually every weekend, but uh, that's a good thing, especially with this pandemic we're in the middle of right now. So first up was the big event, the main event of the uh, of the evening. Curtis Blades versus Derek Lewis heavyweight division. Uh, Derek Lewis being the uh, black beast, they call him in seeing his fights uh, before um, the UFC Vegas 19. As I did talk about my last podcast, um, I could see why they call him the Black Beast. Um, you know, again, I could see why they call him the Black Beast. Again, it's more, it's much more re-emphasized in the fight he had uh, this past uh, event with Curtis Blades. So it was a good fight, it was an exciting fight. Um, and I have to say that um, I, I, download, I downloaded the UFC Fight Pass and uh, the funny thing is, is that even then still it seems as if the, the UFC Dana White still withholds some of the um the big fights, especially the main fights like Curtis Blades versus Derek Lewis, um from UFC fight from the app which you pay for of course. I think maybe they hold it for a few days probably until it becomes less re- relevant. They probably want you to buy pay for the pay per view and watch the, the event live on the night or, or the just the time that's happening wherever you are in the world. But nonetheless you know, I, I had look highlights and uh it kind of was like a short match. Um, was it three or five rounds? But and it was kind of like a relatively short fight because uh, in the first round, so um, Derek Lewis starts out strong with some um, some good shots. Uh, Blades he got some uh, kicks in, and at some point in the first round, he did uh, did get some good counter strikes in as well. Now towards the end of round one, I think there was an eye poke um, from Lewis. Um, God, what am I right here? Um, no, it was there was an eye poke from Curtis Blades um, to Lewis. Excuse me, guys. I, I apologize for that. There was an eye poke to um, Lewis um, from uh, Curtis Blades. Uh, nonetheless, um, you know, long story short, into the second round, no, and halfway into the second round, there was an uppercut knockout from um, Lewis. Ascent Blades to the ground, and then Lewis just finished. Well, didn't get, really get the chance to finish him off, but the referee stepped stepped in when he saw that um, Blades had been knocked out cold. And uh, yeah, um, you know, um, <clears throat> the uh, fight ended there. So um, he won by KO. I, mean, I saw the. The uppercut as it came, it was kind of like hidden from the uh, hidden because of um, Blade had his had his back turned to the camera that was viewing at least from what I could see that was viewing the uh, that that instant when um, Lewis um, sent out his fist to you know that that KO with an uppercut with an uppercut. So I didn't exactly see it. So I had to replay it about five to six times to see exactly what was going on, and I could see yeah because I was wondering how did Blade actually just automatically like that just get sent down get just get sent down to um to the ground and uh i, t- I replayed the uh the highlights the the uh, video so many times and suddenly okay yeah it was a it was a knockout you know just uh, it was like it was an uppercut so that that did the trick for um derek Lewis and yeah he uh he won the fight so um yeah, you know, congratulations. I said in my last podcast that looking at the two guys, um, just how they fight, the um, advantages each one has, the good qualities that they have, you know, their strengths, it'll be hard for me to call um, who would win this fight because in the last fight, um, Usman versus Usman versus Gilbert Burns um, at UFC 258, 
you know, um, being the novice that I am, I thought that Usman Fine is good at takedowns, good at wrestling, and um, the other striking, he's good at striking, but his main strength, of course, is um, the wrestling and the takedowns, you know, his groundwork, ground games, that's where he he excels the most. But Gilbert Burns, his striking is ferocious, you know, it's very accurate, and when he hits you, it's not just going to be hard, but it's going to be on point, so exactly where he, he wants his fist, to, his fist to go, you know, it's, it's controlled striking, you know, controlled jabs. So I thought in that fight, I thought that Gilbert would have the advantage to just, with those punches, to knock out um, Kamara Usman, but in this sport, it's not um, as straightforward as that, as what you're seeing on the TV screen there. And today, though, whilst I'm filming this, it's Monday morning, the 22nd of February 2021. Uh, it's Monday morning here in the UK. Uh, yesterday being Sunday, I had um, my first kickboxing um, session for <laughs> for this year with my coach. And we're going through um, just some basic trainings about how to throw a jab, uh, your footwork, how to position your body. You know, just the basics like that. And we're just running over some things um, about how to avoid... Um, how to avoid being hit in a fight and uh, how you should um, hold be holding a stance when you're throwing a certain punch or throw, throwing a certain jab. You know, your body's going to be exposed to, to your opponent in one way or the other. So um, it's not as, always as straightforward as it, as it looks as I'm always learning all the time in, in MMA. So the next fight was the um, the catch rate division for the women, which was Yana Kunitz. Kunitskaya versus Kathleen uh, Fiera, Yana from Russia and Kathleen from Brazil. So yeah, it, um, again this, do I see? Not this one. I think I actually um, managed to actually um, watch. Um, I think I watched the um, full fight. I can't remember if it was a highlight or the actual um, full footage from UFC Fight Pass. I think I saw enough. To see how uh, Yana won the um, <laughs> Yana won the fight, and towards the end she had dealt Kathleen some serious damage to her face. You know she had an injury to her forehead. Then she and she kept Yana by the fence by the, by the fence of the octagon for a while. Uh, not long after that, she. Um, she she already she managed to get Yana to take down onto the floor, mounted her on top of, on top of her and was dishing out strikes. Um, Yana did manage to defend herself really uh, quite well, making sure that Vera couldn't fully mount her properly, of course, do some serious damage. Now by round two, um, Yana had um, gone Vera into a clinch and um, pushed her into a takedown. Now she managed to mount her this time and was dish, did manage to get some good strikes in. Now she did manage to keep her on. I'm not going to tell a story about the whole thing, but uh, <laughs> this is just uh, what I saw how I stood um, how the whole fight went leading up to um, Yana's win. Uh, you know, um, at first when I saw the fight, I thought, okay, it looks like Vera might have this in the bag, but uh, maybe I judged too quickly um, because Vera did, did um, start out strongly in the, uh, the first round at the beginning of the first round. But again, you know, as the fight goes on, as the fight wears on, you know the um, the opponent that you're fighting, they can change things, you know, very easily. Just, you know, it's just how good they are. And, you know, it's a fight. So, as I was saying to my coach, who is Charlie, by the way, I've mentioned in my podcast a few times now, many times now, actually. Um, 
as you're fighting, he was asking me about the um, uh, why do certain fighters fight a certain way, and why is it their striking may not look so good, but you know they still uh, manage to fight, to win anyway. And I was saying one of the things that you know they've uh, they um, of course as the fight goes on, they'll be getting tired, they'll be getting injured, and you know they'll be um, getting worn out. But you know still um, one thing you need to know they might be uh, smart and how they. Um, how they um, approach their opponent, how they um, approach an attack, how they dish out an attack to an opponent. Sometimes they may trap their trap or trick their opponent, as I've seen in fights before in the past. So that can work, and you know, that can change things. So in this fight, um, although I thought Vera would have won, actually Yana, um, I thought Vera would have won based on what I saw in the first round, but actually Yana took the uh, took the win away. And I'll continue now. Yeah, she won by unanimous decision. Now, moving on to the um, flag. Um, now, this fight, you know, I was hoping to see on UFC Fight Pass. When the fight happened, I unfortunately was. Um, I think it happened. Uh, the whole event starts at 1 a.m. here in the UK, uh, which would have been, if I count back about 1, 2, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. It's about maybe at four PM, five PM California time in the US. Um California, Nevada time because I know that um Nevada and California both have the same time zone in the US on the West Coast. So this so the event itself I, I wasn't able was unable to see it live um when I was being uh, streamed live on BT Sports or Sky Sports over here in the UK. Um, I thought hopefully that now I've downloaded the UFC Fight Pass app, I could actually watch the um, playbacks of the four fights. But unfortunately, that was not the case, especially the main event of um, Lewis versus um, Blades. I couldn't find that. It was the first event I was looking for, but I couldn't find it. And Charlie um, advised me that maybe um, on the Fight Pass, they don't upload the fights immediately just yet. They might just give it some time, maybe a day or two, to, um, to let the just a day, a day or two to upload the fights to the um to the fight pass apps to the fight pass app so um probably to encourage people to pay for the pay-per-view and watch it when it's happening live but um for minor versus rossa um this fight Derek minor won by an unanimous decision uh congratulations Derek and uh, minor um either it's minor or minor what i'm saying is m-i-n-n-e-r i hope i get these names correctly if you're watching this on youtube please uh don't hesitate to comment to correct me in the, in the comment section below now this fight he won but i couldn't see um much of the fight it was a highlight that's relying but i wouldn't want to give my own two two cents even as a novice yes i still consider myself a novice in this sport I wouldn't want to give any sort of analysis or feedback on this fight um based of a of a highlight that really wasn't was clearly was really um shit quality. Was just really bad quality. So all I know is that minor one it wasn't available on the UFC Fight Pass app at the um at the moment, so I, that's what I'm really gonna say about that. Okay. Now up next is the it was um, Phil Hawes versus um, Nasudain Imavov. I'm assuming um, this is the middleweight division. 
I don't guess that. Now this is the yeah middleweight division. Just had to quickly look at my tablet to do that. Still trying to get an adapter to use on my on the large HD TV here. So yeah, that's middleweight division. Um, so this one yeah I could see on the UFC Fight Pass app. Um, so at the beginning of the fight, Hall's wasted no time in guessing. Um, just getting in there with some um, leg kicks and Hall's from what um when they were introducing him just when they're introducing the whole fight um, the, and calling their names out and everything uh, he's a wrestler so it probably explains why he's clinching and his clinching and his um, his takedowns were were really good so beginning the start of the fight he got some good leg, leg kicks in there um, he was dishing out some really fast and sharp um, strikes and jabs he got after that he got him in Imavov into a clinch. Um, no, I'm not going to do. I'm not going to tell a story. It just that, um, of course, if I was doing this podcast with someone else, it'd be much more interesting. Just talking, discussing the fight. But uh, in that, um, you know, good fight, interesting, exciting fight. Um, you know, Phil Hall, Phil Hall's won by a majority decision. So uh, the rest of the fights, the rest of the. Um, because it was really just highlights that were available, and to be honest, um, I really can see that if you if you watch the fight in full, you actually get a better taste of what's going what's going on. You understand the fight better. You understand the sport of MMA better. So, um, I've learned that actually highlights really isn't the best way, and especially if you want to make a podcast. You know, it helps you learn more. That way, you get better at knowing what you're talking about for a particular subject, such as MMA or whatever it is you're going to make a podcast on. So there has been quite a quite a bit of news in the uh, mixed martial arts community, as well as the reaction to uh, Blades' loss, uh, what the reaction to Derek Lewis's win against uh, Curtis Blades. But um, I'm not sure if it was made known uh, just last year, towards the end of 2020 in October, around the time ta- around the time of UFC 254, uh, when um, Khabib uh, Nurmagomedov. I'll just say Khabib because I'm not sure if I got his surname correct. But when Khabib uh, was con- uh, going to fight Justin Gaethje at UFC 254. Excuse me. And that would be his final uh, fight, supposedly. I mean, there's been so much talk about him coming into uh, coming back to the sport. Um, you know, I'm not sure. Even now as I'm making this podcast, um, I'm not sure if there's good, there's still talks um, there's still talks. Um, happening now between himself and Dana White about him just having just one more fight, one more fight. I mean, Dana White's hinted that um, fans would love to see just a, another rematch between Khabib and Conor McGregor. I would like to see that. You know, um, the two don't like each other, so um, it'll be an interesting fight. Um, but, you know, again, I'm sure it's a fight that many fans would like to see. But again, it is um, reliant on Khabib's decision whether he wants to come back or not um, it was made known, it was no secret that um, his father before he passed away, it was his intention, his dream that his son would have a record of 30 and 0 and currently Khabib's record stands at 29 and 0 but you know it's dependent on him and even dependent on his mother as uh, the aka um, gym coach um, Jave Mendes um, 
said that um, his mum has to um, be consulted on and she has to agree on whether Khabib goes back to fight or not. But again, you know, um, uh, what the point of me bringing this up is that Khabib actually had a really nasty illness uh, before he um, uh, he fought Justin Gage at UFC 254. Now, he had the mumps, which uh, I've never had it before, but I know... Uh, you know, my mom's a nurse, so uh, she does tell me about different illnesses she comes across uh, when she's treating patients in the hospital and in the community. Um, it's not, it's very, very painful. And it's very, very, you know, it's just very, very uncomfortable, really, really nasty stuff. Um, so you had to spend a few days in ICU. And uh, so he made the same, I started feeling worse on the plane. And when we arrive, you know, his English isn't uh, perfect, but this is quite some quote what he said. I get a high fever. It was getting really bad and after a while I was taken to the hospital and I had intensive care for five days. It was really bad but after 10 days I broke my thumb so that just um, makes the situation even worse. I broke my thumb on October 7th. I was having so much to deal with with this fight, the disease and uh, fractures. At At the end of the day we decided to keep the fight and to fight on so you know um he um uh, you know true warrior so he, that is just confirmation and just re-emphasizes why he's one of the best um although some people may disagree with me he's one of the best uh mixed martial arts fighters in the world you know um, although some people have said and they may not like may they may not like me quoting their name or saying their name um charlie um they said that um, well, Khabib's record is actually quite padded. That a lot of the fighters that he fought were, let's say, they weren't for Khabib. They would have been easy. Um, that's why he had such a padded record. And for me, I would have like, mm, are you sure that what you're saying? Um, I'm sure there's a whole host of people in the MMA community in the combat sporting world that would disagree with you. Even I, as a novice, would disagree with you. And I don't. <laughs> well, I would disagree with you. Um, with anyone that that would say this, but that's just probably going on a ca- on the the knowledge that a typical casual fa- casual fan would have, and I think I'm still in that at that level now. So you know, I'm still yet to progress through the ranks to to just get um, to increase my knowledge of the sport. Um, but mo- you know, just knowing who he is, his records, most people, including myself, would turn around and say would disagree with that basically. And you know, he showed um, a swollen picture of his fa- just a picture of his swollen face and. When I saw his his face in the thumbnail, I actually thought that is this a picture when he got fat or something, or just um, lost the just lost control of his diet. But no, after watching the video, watching the uh, the news channel, um, is it MMA News or, or MMA World? And uh, shout out to MMA World and MMA News, and you know uh, they keep the news they keep people in for, like people like myself um, informed about what's going on in the MMA world because. The major sports uh, networks, ESPN, BBC Sports, Sky Sports, RT Sport, and other major networks around the world, they don't really, um, they don't really delve deep into what's going on in the MMA community, because I know it's, it's a sport that is still unfortunately frowned upon by uh, many, by, by the global society in general. But actually, when you get you when you, when you actually watch the sport, uh, if you start something like kickboxing and you know just participate in the activities related to the sport, you actually find it's not as bad as it looks. It's a brutal sport, but you know, um, it's not. It's still in a, in a controlled environment, and it's not. 
as bad as it looks. Um, now, he also wanted to say that he does believe that in the fight at UFC 254, he believes that Justin Gaethje gave up. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what that means exactly. That Justin, <laughs> that Justin Gaethje gave up. Does it mean that Justin Gaethje easily tapped out, or just, or is it, is it basically what he means? Does it mean what it means? Uh, just he believes that Justin Gaethje gave up. What did Justin Gaethje give him an easy win? Is that what he means? Um, I've. <laughs> I have no idea, but probably it might um, add to what people are like. Um, my friend has been saying that his record is his record is quite padded. You know, the fights that he's had has been easy money, easy fights for him. Yeah, you may not see this, but I felt it. He gave up the quote unquote, quote unquote. These are the words he said. I mean, his will was broken. He gave up mentally. I don't think that I won this fight physically, but rather mentally. Anyway, in other news, um, you know, yeah, Derek Lewis. Now, a lot of uh, the uh, many members of the MMA community have been uh, coming out to congratulate and um, praise uh, Derek Lewis's Derek Lewis on his win at um, against uh, Curtis um, Curtis Blades. And um, <laughs> there is one uh, short clip they show of. Um, is it the particular studio? Uh, this is God. I've forgotten her name. I know I'm not. I've forgotten her name, but um, but anyway, it's not. I don't think it's that important. Anyway, um, we would have written it down, but it's too late now. Um, but basically, there was a lot of shock and ba- and shock and praise. A lot of people are happy, but people are mainly shocked at how um, Blade was just knocked out cold with that um uppercut because I, when i saw it again as i said earlier before in this um, podcast just the way he fell down i was thinking okay how did that happen just was it just how did it happen because his back was uh, you know just to the camera and basically was covering um, the other guy's face what was going on in front of him so i was just wondering just how that happened and then i replayed it and replayed and replayed it about nearly 10 times yes i'm about to say about 10 to 12 times and I was just looking close, just how the hell did this man just go down to on the floor like magic? <laughs> and then I saw it, how the other guy, um, Lewis, just, um, there's a way he motioned his fist to his arm. And then I understood, okay, yes, it was an uppercut. And that was confirmed by um, Beesping, who was one of the com- the cage side commentators. Uh, it was an uppercut, which led to a knockout. And it sent Blades onto the canvas. He was knocked out. And before um, Lewis could move in to just finish him off with strikes, like as in as like a, with strikes, like most MMA fighters would do in that situation, in that position, as far as I can see, um, he was stopped by the referee. So it was a clear knockout, and a clear win for him. Uh, and now he, after that win, he said in the press conference, or well after the fight anyway, that he wants to fight Alistair Overeem next. Uh, so. Um, he wants the fight to happen as soon as possible. Uh, Alistair Overeem just had a recent loss to um, Alexander Volkov at UFC Vegas. Let me get this right. UFC Vegas 18. It was. Uh, his recovery just wasn't that great. I thought actually that Overeem would win that fight. But no. Volkov. Congratulations Alex- Alexander Volkov. You won. Uh, not trying to hate on you or anything like that. Um, Alexander Volkov won. Alistair Overeem's um, 
recovery just wasn't um, really good. Uh, you know, in that fight, he had his his guard up a lot of the time, especially in the second round. Um, the first round, he'd taken a significant damage from Volkov, and there was calls actually and actually questions and queries as to whether he would actually he should consider retirement because it was clear that his recovery wasn't great. It wasn't what it you know was before. Forty years old, he's had a long career. You now sixty-seven fights. And of the 67 fights he's had, um, he's won 46 or 47 of them. He's fought in a lot of the major organizations, or probably most of the, probably all, if most, if not all, most of the major fighting organi- organizations around the world, UFC, 1FC. Um, has he fought in Bellator? I'm not sure, but from what I've been hearing, he's fought in many places worldwide. You know, 67 fights, is a long, long career. And 40 years old, okay, outside of, of sports, outside of MMA, that's probably not considered old, but in the sport of, M- of MMA, that is, yeah, you kind of uh, run your course. It, most people don't, but there are athletes in their 40, 41, 42, they're still, they're still fighting and they're still winning fights. So, yeah, he wants to fight Alistair Overeem next, but um, after Alistair Overeem's loss to... Um, Alexander Volkov, it might be a while before that fight is scheduled. If they know what, if they know what wants that fight to ha- wants that fight to happen, and you know, if it's something the fans want to see. So just uh, wait and see. Of course, um, after seeing Ophir's recovery there and what he said afterwards, uh, go back to the gym, spend time in the gym, recovering, retraining, training, and then spending time with the family. Uh, that might be a while, but let's wait and see what happens. Now, lastly, um, Kamara Usman, um, after his win against a f- his friend and teammate Gilbert Burns at UFC 258, um, he wanted a rematch with Jorge Masvidal. Uh, now, after that fight, they were all going backwards and forwards on their Twitter and Instagram saying, um, yeah, I'll fight you. That, um, I took you on short, on short notice uh, with a broken nose, uh, Kamara Usman was saying to Masvidal. And they said, I think they agreed. Yeah, let's make the fight happen. Was there's something about the cam, the fight? Cam, but no, anyway, they both agreed that they were going to make the fight happen. It was just going to be needs to be finalized by Dana White and the UFC. And um, recently, um, Kamara Usman has said that actually, you know what? Forget it. Um, fuck it. I'm not um, actually going to feel um, not going to be that generous anymore <laughs> uh, with um, giving, <laughs> as if to say, he's giving. Jorge Marvidal the opportunity to fight for um to fight him, um so um yeah he's changed his mind, so I keep saying sorry sorry sorry, he's changed his mind and he said in a recent Twitter that basically fuck it I'm not feeling generous anymore um you can give it to anyone he'll fight anybody now, so um Marvidal came out saying on Twitter oh so he got cold feet and then. Kamara Usman replied saying checkmate and uh, the whole, basically the whole things are happening now you know Usman's changed his mind I don't know why but it's what it is um, and this is mad and probably going to be the next point they're going to make it. this is probably mad and it's probably going to be a big mistake probably stupid because of what the guy did but if you remember back at UFC 257 which was going to be you know a big event because of you know obviously Conor McGregor is going to be on the cars fighting Dustin Poirier um, there was an incident that happened if you remember um, a particular MMA fighter 
who um Osman um, Azata um his name was Osman Azata. Now he was recently um, expelled, or should I say, um, cut from the UFC because he had broken um COVID nineteen protocol procedures at the uh, Yas Island um hotel where all the UFC fighters were were staying. Well, if not all, at least I can say most. Um, where they be staying whilst they be there uh, training, preparing, and competing uh, for the uh, for the event. And uh, what this guy had done is they had given an outsider, him and his team had given an outsider access to the um, to the hotel room and then access to the event itself in the venue. And of course, that person, whoever they were, had not been tested for COVID nineteen. Just to be sure. Now, in that situation, it's understandable because if um, he's not been tested. The virus being what it is, it's also um, transmissible um, via someone who's not even showing any, any symptoms. They won't even know that they have it, and they're a, and unknowingly they're a carrier of the disease of the virus. So um, it can be easily spread, very readily spread. Now it's like also like a silent killer. Um, so um, what happens? Like basically, yeah, he had um, him and his team had foolishly allowed this outsider to come into the premises, and furthermore gain access to the event and so when that was found out they were all basically well he was anyway he was cut from the UFC I'm sure his uh, team members his coaches doctors and um, whoever's involved nutritionists whoever's involved in his uh, his training and pre- preparation for this fight I'm sure they all received some sort of punishment and some you know consequence and penalties for what they had done now recently Dana West decided to allow Osman um, as a to Azita to remain with the UFC. Basically, the headline was he's decided to give Osman um, Otman a second second chance. So let's hope he doesn't regret this because what the guy did was really, really foolish, really, really dumb. Um, because the whole the whole UFC team, you know, everyone from the, the camera crew, the um, events organizers, everybody, you know, if they they were all vulnerable to catching this this disease unknowingly. So, um, Brett Okamoto, uh, he didn't make a statement about this matter. The UFC has elected not to release Otman as Azaza from its roster following last month's odd circumstances at Fight Island in which Dana White said Azaza broke COVID-19 protocol. No further details at this time. So, um, I'm going to be honest, um, it kind of doesn't surprise me, at least by, at this stage, now because I'm, I've been following this sport really 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 closely for a while now and this flip-flopping of people making decisions saying okay i'm going to do this and then a few days later a few weeks or months later no actually it's not going to happen i'm going to do that instead you know so it's all this flip-flopping around um um like when conor mcgregor always says that he's retired from um, the sport of mma he doesn't even say anything about he wants to about coming back to fight just says immediately just a few days or a few weeks later, you hear him just talking about um, organizing a fight. He wants to fight this person. Well, hold on a second. He just said the other um, a few weeks back that they're you, going to retire. So what the hell's going on? You know, it's like the boy who cried wolf. You can you can only do it so many times until actually it gets annoying, and uh, you really start to piss people off. But in this sport, I can see that um, uh, it's something that happens often. It's just something that I suppose people are used to. And I've heard somewhere in a particular um, in a particular podcast that um, in the world of mixed martial arts, uh, 
the athletes and even some of the other people who are well vested in the sport they're not they're not properly adjusted people in terms of they're not um properly adjusted members of society wherever they are so it's just you know they're they're known to act and just do crazy things sometimes but guys um i think i'm gonna leave it at that um my ranting and raving uh do, 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 do. yeah so if you did enjoy that please don't forget to leave a like please do subscribe if you do enjoy my content um yeah uh, you can follow me on instagram my name is icojarko1 and uh, on twitter my name is icojarko my name is icojarko and on facebook my name, although i know many people don't use facebook anymore i still do uh my name is icojarko on there as well Sorry I had to adjust the microphone quite a few times in this podcast. It's just that it's a condensed microphone, so it's quite sensitive. But soon, um, as time goes on, I'll upgrade to the Shure SM7B microphone. It's a very popular dynamic microphone that uh, allows for better sound quality without the sensitivity. Uh, so, yeah, guys, uh, you can also find the podcast on Spotify, uh, Player FM, SoundCloud, uh, Listen Notes, Google Podcasts, and the Apple iTunes podcast, which is the number one directory for podcasts that uh, is still in the works. Another one, once I get my podcast, once I get the audio tracks on there, um, and I'm sure I have a much, much bigger, wider reach because some platforms out there, um, such as Podbay, that's just one example. And I think the podcast app, they will only um, accept a podcast if the podcast is on Apple iTunes. Or, or apple podcast so um that's just how crazy that side of things um are and th- the um, requirements are so strict the encryption is so strict but that's something i'm working on uh so do i think i've covered anyth- uh, i've covered everything and yeah um i'm still gonna work on the intro and uh for my podcast the just as in just make it a bit more just slightly more entertaining and much more presentable an intro song and uh, just some intro artwork and some graphic work as well. Um, so I'm still doing a lot of things just to help grow this podcast and get it out there. So guys, once again, thank you very much. And don't forget to leave a like and to subscribe. Thanks.